time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. All right, so here we go. I want to jump right into the Word of God tonight because we have amazing things planned for you. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 11. If you have your iPhones, turn it there. If not, you can look at the screens. Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to start reading at verse 24. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. And again, we're still talking about this whole say I won't idea. Hebrews chapter 11, starting at verse 24. All right, I'm going to start reading. It says, it was by faith... It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, everybody say Moses. So when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. 25 says he chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Everybody say sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. Why? For he was looking ahead to his great reward. See, it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Everybody say invisible. And finally, it was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorpost so the angel of death would not come and kill their firstborn son by faith. So tonight we are in week four of this Say I Won't series and we're going to close out this entire thing. Will you bow your heads with me real quick while I pray? Holy Spirit, I thank you for the very powerful word of God. I thank you that your word says that um, how do, that we are called to walk in great faith. And your word says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. So I thank you that as your word is spoken to us, that great faith would be imparted and stirred up in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Alright, so for the last several weeks we've talked about People from history, and just to catch you up, whenever we're talking about say I won't Christianity, we're talking about a Christianity that defies the status quo. I'm not talking about a, a Christianity that says, okay, I go to DSM, or I go to five different churches, or I go to uh, uh, Young Life, or I'm a part of FCA, and I'm cool, and you know, I have, you know, I have a couple verses memorized, but I'm really not affecting change and impacting my world. That's not what I'm talking about. Sometimes in order to, uh, to, uh, to define something, we work with the opposite to kind of give it. So let's just be real clear. I'm not talking about some sloppy, unholy lifestyle where you only follow Jesus at church and then you live like devils for the rest of the week. That's not say I want Christianity. Okay, I'm not talking about the, 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 the type of Christ fellowship 
that says, you know, well, you know, I'll submit to God, but, you know, I really, I mean, like, kind of submitting to authority, that's not really my thing. That, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about Christianity that says, okay, I, I just want to kind of blend in and fit in, and then maybe in a few years, um, God will use me in a great and mighty way. Maybe about three or four years from now, but I'm not really interested in doing great things in my generation like today, right now. That ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the opposite of every single example that I just gave. I'm talking about bold, tenacious, and audacious faith that says I will take radical risks for the kingdom of God. I will pray for people in the hallway. I will share the gospel. I don't care how stupid or crazy I look. I will interrupt conversations and force my way in and say, you know what? Man, I just need you to know how much God loves you. I will walk away from conversations. I will turn off music. I will go to someone in a restaurant if I hear unholy, crazy, sadistic, uh, um, music, offensive music being played and say, hey, do you think maybe you can just kind of change that a little bit because, you know, I just, that's just not positive and that's really, really offensive. See, some of you are looking, see, I've done that before. <laughs> I've done that before. And so, I, that's the type, so, so it's, it's the thing that says, it's the thing that says to the enemy, say I won't. And then watch me do it by the grace of God. <laughs> say I won't. And then watch me do it. By the grace of God. Say, I won't remain pure. Say, I won't remain a virgin until my wedding day. Say, I won't. And by the grace of God, watch the Holy Spirit work in me and through me to overcome temptation and to be holy and pure. Say, I won't walk in this thing called holiness where I am different from the rest of the world. Say, I won't. And then watch me do it. So we talk about examples a lot of times, there is an incredible woman of God. You won't know her at all. You don't know her name. Heaven knows her name. See, this, this, this woman, after a wedding in the mid-1800s or so, mid-1800s or so, she gave birth to her first son about a year after she was married. And, and about 11 months later, her first son died. So then the next spring, she had a second son she devoted all of her attention to him, almost making him like an idol. Seven weeks later, he died. Three years later, she gave birth to her third child, a little girl. Two weeks, or three, after she gave birth to her little girl, everything was fine. Two years later, she gave birth to her second little girl. Not long after that, both she and her newborn almost died from a sickness. Then they recovered. Soon after that, she left this newborn child with a babysitter who accidentally turned over a gas lamp in the baby's crib. The child burned to death and died. See, in the midst of her grieving, she hears the voice of the Holy Spirit say, trust God and know that God is good and know that God is with you. So she made a decision to believe in the midst of her circumstance, God is good and God is Full of love. See, she knew that in the midst of everything, this is her testimony, God is working everything out for my good as long as I submit to him. And then she repents for making her children idols. So she says, God, forgive me for the idolatry in my heart. I've got to surrender everything to you. She went on to become one of the most influential female evangelists in church history in the mid-1800s. She was dubbed the female version of the man who many of us know, Charles Finney. 
Some 25,000 people came to know the Lord through this woman in the 1800s. Her name is Phoebe Palmer. And she had this thing that just said, say I won't overcome. Say I won't dare to believe and call God good in the midst of not great situations. Say I won't preach the gospel. See, she was horribly intimidated and she didn't have that great of a speaking gift, but she so believed that God wanted to use her. So not only did 25, some 25,000 people come to know the Lord, but in addition to that, everywhere where she traveled throughout the world, revivals just kind of broke out. Supernatural healings, salvations that came from a place of her saying, you know what? I will not be defeated. I will not be discouraged. I will not give in. I will not give up. Say I won't rise up from the place of my pain and do major damage to the kingdom of God. Say I won't and then watch me do it. See, I'm just just giving you examples. Numerous revivals. But then in the midst of all of that, her main message was be holy. (laughs) Be different from the world. (laughs) That was her message because she believed that being set apart from the world produced great faith that God responded to. So her message was so simple. This frail little woman, but literally shaped the course of church history. It was written about in church history books. Another man, early 1900s, he had one eye because he had lost his vision due to smallpox. He was very poor. He was born. His father was a slave. So he was raised by, uh, by his father who served as a slave for years and years. The schools that he attended were segregated because he was African-American. So much so to whenever it came for him to go to Bible college because he believed that he had a call of God to preach on his life. He was so hungry for the presence of God that the all-white Bible classes that were taking place, he actually sat outside of the hall with his ear to the crack of the door, listening in about the presence of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. He did this over and over and over again because he said to the devil, say I won't defy the spirit of segregation and racism. Say I won't still accomplish my destiny even though they refuse to allow me into this classroom. Say I won't and then watch me do it. This same man moves. He was born in Louisiana, northern Louisiana. He moves to Los Angeles. He starts preaching in a church. He starts talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. The church didn't like it. The next day he goes back to preach the church that he was invited to, they literally put chains on the door and told him he could not come back because they didn't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to the degree that he did. So he moved to Bonnie Ray Street. He started a prayer meeting. He just prayed and he prayed and he prayed and people began coming and coming. And then soon people, people started flooding into this small home. And all of a sudden the power of the Holy Spirit is poured out in a fresh way. We know it today as Azusa Street Revival. His name is William Seymour. He went on literally This is the most significant revival that has happened in all of church history. And it was born in a place of one man saying, say I won't defy every single thing that the enemy throws against me. Whether it is vision, whether it's health things, you can lock me out of a church. I will pray and I will see a move of God because say I won't devil and then watch me do it. Come on. William Seymour. Great faith. Say I won't. Say I won't. See, Hebrews 11, 24, talks about Moses, whom all of us know, whether we're Christ followers or not, the world knows about 
Moses, if nothing else, just from the Exodus, the movie, and they probably think he's a deranged weirdo from that movie, and God too, by the way. But, but thank God we don't get our theology from movies. We get it out of the Word of God, amen? That is assuming we know the Word of God. That is assuming that you read the Word of God. Otherwise, you cannot know. Verse 24 talks about Moses, and the reason why he falls under this this say-I-won't type of God-follower, I believe verse 24 says this. Let's go back to it. It says it was by faith Moses, when he grew up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, this is significant. Verse 25, he chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. You guys, we've talked about a lot in this series. And again, if you aren't here, you want to go back and listen to some of these messages. The first few verses of 11 covers this, so we're at the end of chapter 11. But really, this whole thing kind of boils down to, are we so enchanted and are we so enjoying, enjoying the pleasures of sin more than we enjoy the pleasures of God? I'm going to get any amens there. It's fine. Because sin is something that we've all but tried to eradicate from our theology. Because it is offensive. It is offensive for you to tell me that I am a sinner. I'm just struggling. We like that word. I'm struggling. You know, I'm just, you know, I have some a problem. No, sin is your issue. Sin is your problem, and there is but one who can deal with sin, and his name is Jesus. And there is but one thing that can eradicate the sin in our lives, and that's the precious blood that Jesus shed on a very real cross. Real blood. Real blood. And so for us, this is encouraging, this is inspiring, this is uplifting, because it lets us know that real blood, God poured out all of his blood whenever it came down to you, to purchase you, to buy you back, to deal with your sin nature. He poured out all of his blood, every ounce of Jesus' blood was poured out on Calvary, not just so that your life could be cool, but that he could deal with the sin nature in your life. And thus deal with the consequences of sin in our lives. To say I won't give my heart to Jesus today. Some of you, some of you, the issue is not you need more worship time or you need more service. Some of you just need to get saved. I mean like really saved. I mean like you, you, you walk away. I'm talking about real repentance. Not just pray a prayer and now you feel good. I'm talking about where you renounce every tie, every fascination, every connection to the things of the world and your past. And you say, Jesus, I am all in. I have decided to follow Jesus. Jesus. I've decided to follow you. Therefore, I am all in. Whatever it is that you're requiring of me, my answer is yes. My answer is amen. I may mess up. I may struggle. But Jesus, I need forgiveness for my sin. See, the thing that I can see in Moses' life that makes him a say-I-won't type of follower of God and an amazing example for us, so much so that he is listed in this great hero, in this great hall of fame, The Bible says in verse 27, he left Egypt. 
And you would say, well, Pastor Brian, I never lived in Egypt. No, come on, come on, catch up here. What, what I mean is that was the place that he once was. That, it, that was his old life. See, some of us, we, um, we, we, we think that, gosh, I just, man, I, I, I thought whenever I just kind of started coming to DSM or just going to church, um, uh, everything would just be awesome, so everything is awesome, and then, and then you find out everything's not awesome, it, like people are going to turn away from you, you may lose a couple of friends, you know, you may need to break up with your boyfriend or girlfriend because they are an idol, or, you know, whatever, it, whatever it, it, see, because, see, once we have tasted of him, Trevor says, oh, taste and see that he is good. What is it that would make this guy, man, Moses, who is royalty, say, I don't want all the riches and the royalty and the fame because I found something better. I found my destiny in him. I found my purpose in him. I found everything that I've been longing with, that, that, that influence and, and, and money and, and people liking me and, and having all of these different privileges. Somehow, someway, there's still an ache in my heart that only God can satisfy. And some of us have been chasing and chasing and run. And tonight, you just need to come to the cross. Some of you, you just need to kneel your foot at the cross and say, Jesus, I, am, I know I prayed a prayer 50 years ago or 12 years ago or, you know, well, you're not 50. So 12 years ago or 7 years ago or 3 years ago, whatever it was. But some of you, honestly, you just... You just need to be born again, <laughs> like old-fashioned born again. <laughs> like you, you know, uh, we don't even know. See, this is so funny. See, we, we, born again, you must be born again. Nicodemus, how can I be born again, Rabbi? How do I go back into my mother's womb? And Jesus deals so lovingly with, Rabbi, with Nicodemus and says, no, no, no. What I mean, you've got to die. You've got to die to your old nature, and you've got to allow me to resurrect you again. You need newness of life. You need to be born again. You need a new nature. The only way this is accomplished, the only way this is accomplished is by coming to the cross, repenting of our sins authentically, and saying, Jesus, set me on a course to follow you, because I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. And so we think, oh, what a cute little hymn. But if you knew the story and the context by which that song was written. In the context of saying, you know what? The cross before me, the world behind, there is no going back to my old life. I'm, I, I just can't, I won't, I'm not, I'm not going back to that way of thinking. I'm not going back to those old habits because I've decided, I've made a resolute decision in my heart. I've got to follow Jesus and I've got to have all of Jesus or none of Jesus. And he feels the same way about, he's got to have all of you or none of you at all. The Bible says that he yearns jealously over you. He groans jealous. I still get jealous. I mean, like, it's like he just sings that over you. I still, I, I still get, I still get jealous. I still get jealous over you. He is jealous 
over you with a holy jealousy, not some twisted little thing that um, old boys sing it. What's his name? Little boy group. Yeah, there we go. The Jonas Brothers sing. Not like, all right, my chin. No, no, no. It's not a weird, like, sick jealousy. This is a holy jealousy that says, I, I want all of you. I want, I want all of you. And so, so the first thing that I can see in Moses' life the reason why, what, what else do we need? Pastor Brandon, what is it that, what is it that, that, that you can see here that, you know, if I'm going to be a say I won't type of Christ follower, this is what I mean. Number one, you break ties with the world. You break ties with the world. And what we mean by the world, the world standards, the world, the way, the, the way that the world, what the world calls right, what the, what our, we break ties with, and we make agreements with the word of God to say, Father, however you have called me to think, that's how I'm going to think. So call me old fashioned, call me conservative, call me boxed in, call me not, well, call me whatever you want, but, but, but call me a say I won't type of Christ follower. Call me one who is submitted to the word of God and whatever God's word says, that's what I believe. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say. I don't care what theory you came up with. I don't care how many degrees you have. Whatever God's word says, that's what I believe in my heart. Because at the end of the day, his word is what's going to carry us. Amen? Say I won't believe the word of God. Say I won't break ties with the world. What do I mean? Secondly, secondly, Egypt represents... We are, if we're going to be say I won't, Christ follows. This is what I mean. We break ties. You break ties with your past. With your past. What's our past? Well, our past. It's very easy. See, Jesus is the solution for your past, your present, and your future. He's the, see, see, this is why we don't. See, once we, once we break ties with our past, by the grace of God, our past no longer controls us, conforms us, inspires us, manipulates us, haunts us, backs us into a corner, threatens us, abuses us. You get what I'm saying here? Blackmails us. The Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He is the one who loves to remind you of your past. But see, what happens is, for some of us, it's really not our past. It's our present. That's where the issue becomes. Well, that's my past. Well, what are you talking about? Well, yesterday. Mm -mm, yesterday ain't your past. <laughs> we loved <laughs> Well, I was just struggling. And, you know, uh, it was all in my past. Oh, really? Well, like, when was the last time that happened? Oh, well, like this morning. Mm -mm, mm -mm. What I'm talking about is a past that has been covered by the blood of Jesus and a present that has walked with Jesus in victory long enough. You see what I'm saying? But what happens is the enemy reminds us of our present. And we're like, oh, this really sucks. Well, it does suck. Get that stuff in your past by the grace of God. Walk away. Break every tie with your past. The past, crazy ways of thinking. Negative relationships, unholy, ungodly, unsanctified friendships, especially in the realm of dating. If they are more consumed with you than they are consumed with God, that's an unholy, unsanctified, un, you see what I'm saying? Non-beneficial relationship. Come on, somebody, I'm going to preach it. Say I won't, say say I won't. You see what I'm saying? And so if they're more infatuated with you than they are infatuated, girls, if he loves you and he's more interested in you than he's interested in God, he ain't the one, y'all ain't the one, that ain't of God, that's going to pull you down. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, 
And the same thing, and the same thing for you guys. If she's just so, wow, you're, you know, if she doesn't find God to be amazing, okay, because he's really the bigger deal than, than you, then, then, then mm-mm, mm-mm, say I won't. Say I won't walk away. Come on, somebody. Say I won't break that soul tie in the name of Jesus. And so, so what I'm saying is, one, you break ties with the world. Two, break ties with your past. And this is the third thing that I can see in Moses' life. Let me, verse here, Hebrews 11, um, and then verse, verse 39. Oh, sorry. Verse, Hebrews 11, verse 28 no, 27, it was by faith Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going. Listen to this, because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Now, now there's something about being a Christ follower, a 14-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 17-year-old, a 22-year-old, who is more consumed with the invisible than we are the visible. Now, I don't mean being a weird, mystical person who's, no, 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 no. <laughs> Come on back down. What, what I mean is that where Paul writes, and he says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of food and drink, but it is a matter of righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. All of those things are intangible. All of those things you can't, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to see how much, uh, you know, peace I have or love. You know, I have, you know, three pieces and, you know, I need five more. No, it's not, it, it, these are intangible things. You see what I'm saying? You, you can't, well, I'm going to have six joys and, and you know, I, I used to have three joys. No, we are, see, we are consumed, we, we focus on that which is, 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 is invisible. The presence of God, the kingdom of God. The person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ. Why? We can't see it, but we are, we're driven, we're inspired. Dare I say, we are, we are drawn, we are, this is the way that, this is the way that Jesus said it. The people, those who are born of the Spirit are like that of the wind. No one knows where they're coming from, and no one quite knows where they're going. Just like the wind, we can't, well the wind started right here in this moment. No, you can't say, why? Because you can't see the wind, you know, well it's going, you know, it, the wind's going to meet me here on the corner of, you know, a, a Voyager. And No, the wind's not meeting you because you can't see where it's going or where it came, but you can feel all around. You can feel the effects. And so whenever I'm talking about being concerned with that, just, that which is invisible, we're saying, okay, Lord, I am so consumed with your plans, with your purposes, with your call, with the fruit of the Spirit growing in my life, joy, peace, patience, kind. I am so focused on those things. And, you know, everything else is secondary. The praise and the applause of men is just secondary. The, 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 the cheers of men, that really doesn't matter. Somebody approving me. Well, I got, you know, if she doesn't like me, then I'm just down in the dumps. Oh, to hell with that kind of thinking. Oh, my gosh. To the pit of hell. Because that's where it came from. Did you know that? See, the thinking that says, well, you know, I just really can't go on. Like if they, you know, if they're not my friends or they don't want or they reject me or what, you know, I just won't make it. No, that thought came straight from the pit of hell and you need to send it back from whence it came. Because that's not what God is saying over you. Because he's the only one that can complete you. See, and so, so thirdly, say I won't, type of Christ followers, say I won't. It, we, we pursue the invisible. 
We pursue. What, see, New Testament tells us this. We speak those things which do not as though they were. What are we saying? No, we can't quite see it yet. So if I ask, you know, um, what, are you seeing like your whole campus, like, you know, filled with the glory of God? Well, no, you're not seeing that yet. But I am pursuing that which is invisible. I can't see it in the natural, but, but I know that God's kingdom is breaking into my world. I know that God's hand is on my life. I know that I am pleasing God. None of these things we can see. And so I'm just saying, we, we pursue the invisible, knowing that just like the wind, there will be the ripple effect. You will feel that which is invisible, though you cannot see it. You will feel the move and the presence of God in your school, though you cannot see it. You will feel a transformational power breaking in your life, breaking in your world, though you cannot see it. So we pursue the invisible. We pursue the invisible. Romans talks about this idea. It was so refreshing. I was at a youth conference in Cincinnati this past weekend. And um, one of the conversations I was having, we just began talking about the verse in Romans that just says, all of creation, creation is waiting, anxiously, groaning, okay? And so it, Paul just kind of paints this picture for us in Romans that says, the world is waiting for the sons and the daughters of God to be manifested. What he means by that is to come forth, to be brought out of darkness into light, for everybody to know. It's kind of like, for, for everyone to know, I am a follower of Jesus, and you will know this by my works, by the things that I am doing, by the fruit in my life. So if I seem a little bit bizarre, again, just to remind you, my citizenship is not of this world. I am appealing to a higher citizenship, that which is of heaven. So I am different because I'm an ambassador of Jesus Christ. I am his ambassador. I am here representing him to my school, to my family, to my friends, to my neighborhood. I look like him. I feel like him. And whenever you step into my presence, ultimately you're stepping to his presence because I am so consumed with him because I pursue that which is invisible. Say I won't. Say I won't. Guys, as the band comes tonight, we could go on and on and on with story after story after story encouraging you. Ultimately, if it feels like I, 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 am, I am wanting you to feel the weight of the word of God that is calling. Guys, your city is what. See, that's why. Well, what are we doing? City we serve. Why are we going? Why? Because the city is waiting for the sons and daughters of God. We pray, we play, we fellowship, we serve, we, 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 we worship, we, we do it all. And so we just said, hey, with city we serve, hey, this is just an opportunity. We're going to be going door to door, home to home, and just handing out bags of groceries and praying with people. And we're going to see our city transform. See, that's whenever you begin to begin, begin, begin to be kingdom-minded, when you can expand your vision to look out instead of looking inward. And this is our season to do so. Say I won't. I think it's pretty cool. You know, there's a banner out in the hallway. And many of you kind of shared some say I won't phrases. By faith that the Lord has done, is doing, that you are going to continue to do for the glory of God. And, 
And so I love it because these are, these are your stories. Say I won't witness to my own family and watch me do it. Say I won't go into the nations and help stop sex trafficking. Say I won't. Say I won't give my teachers prophetic words. Say I won't. And watch me do it. See, say I won't give everything, listen to this, till it hurts. Say I won't. I'm not making this, this is written out there in the hallway. Say I won't. Say I won't avoid getting distracted by Satan in church. Say I won't avoid it. And then watch me do it. See, say I won't be set apart in this generation in the face of persecution. Say I won't talk about Jesus at school and in lustful thoughts. Say I won't transfer to a different school. Leave my friends because the Lord tells me to. See, say I won't. I love this. Keep praising God even if the depression and the flashbacks won't leave. There's something on that one. Say I won't continue praising God even if the depression and the flashbacks don't go away. Say I won't keep worshiping God. Say I won't show God's love to people who won't show it back. Say I won't to reach out to girls around me who are who are hurting. See, say I won't see revival come to my home city by youth praying and worshiping and lifting up Jesus. Say I won't go and proclaim the name of God all over my hallways with real boldness. Say I won't. Say I won't be the love of Jesus to the depressed and the hurting of my school. Say I won't and watch me do it. You guys, this whole series is calling you forth tonight. Thought I'd kind of end this this series tonight, reading the rest of Hebrews. The word of God is so powerful; it can just stand all by itself. See, some some verses you don't even need me to exegete to 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 to, to come up with. Just listen to the word of God. Hebrews eleven, verse thirty-two. I want you to close your eyes, so it's a little a little bit easier to focus. So just be real mature. Close your eyes and just listen to these words. Hebrews eleven. 32 says this how much more do how much more do I need to say and this is how I feel tonight how much more do I need to say see it would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and all the prophets by faith these people overthrew kingdoms they ruled with justice And they received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions. They quenched the flames of fire. They escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle. And they put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones again from the dead. But others were tortured. Refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were cheered at and mocked. Their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. And others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats 
destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world. Wandering over deserts and mountains, hidden in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us. So that they would not reach perfection without us. Feel the weight of his word tonight. Saw it in half. Beaten. Tortured. Chased down. And we think we're too cool to share the gospel. In a much friendlier context. Who do we think we are? Every head bow, every eye closed tonight. I want to give you an opportunity to have a say I won't moment. Several opportunities right now. The first, and this will be multi-pronged tonight. The first, again, every head bow, every eye closed. If you say, gosh, I need to start at the cross. I need to encounter the cross tonight. I need real blood from Jesus to wash me of my sins. And I need to make a decision to break ties with the world and follow Jesus. I need to give my heart and everything to Jesus right now. I want you to stand to your feet very boldly. This whole thing is about boldness. So don't wait for somebody. And look, this isn't like, be cool. This is really, I am a sinner and I need to be washed in Jesus' blood. And I need to be reborn tonight. I don't want to just pray a prayer. I need to get saved. I need to give my heart to Jesus. As you are standing. I'll give you a few more moments. I'm talking about encountering the blood of Jesus. Coming to the cross and realizing that you are a sinner. You've broken God's laws. But that it's time to get your get your get right. Allow God to get you right. You don't get good to get God. You get God and then you get good. This is acknowledging I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I need salvation in my heart. I want to give him everything. As you're standing, I want you to very quickly come down to this altar tonight. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer that by faith, in one moment, you are translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So move very quickly. If you're saying, I want to lead you in a prayer tonight to say, I'm surrendering. I, I just, I need to surrender. I need to give him. And then, and then secondly, if you say, gosh, I, um, I'm saved, but I need to break some ties tonight with the world. And I do need, I, I want to be consumed with the invisible. If that's you, I want you to stand up where you are. Don't come down, just stand up. If you say, I'm saved, but I need to break ties with the world, break ties with my past, or form a an invisible a connection, a passion for that which I cannot see. I want you to stand to your feet. Those at this altar, I want you to lift up both your hands to the Lord. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me. I just want you to say, Jesus, I come to you tonight giving you my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me right now. I thank you, Jesus. Come on, loud enough for the devil to hear you. I thank you, Jesus, 
for going to the cross, for pouring out all of your blood for me. I receive your forgiveness. Would you cleanse me tonight? I put all my faith in you. I will follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Come on now, just with your hands lifted right here. Keep your eyes closed. I want you to see Jesus on the cross. I want you to see his bloody face bruised and beaten. I want you to see his back split open from being beaten countless times. I want you to see the grotesque picture of the cross and realize that that was real love, authentic love from God for you. Not to condemn you, but to save you. Not to push you down, but to pick you up. Feel the affections of God in this place even now. I want you to pray just right now. Keep your hands lifted. Just say, Holy Spirit, fill me even now. Holy Spirit, fill me even now. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life.